Democrat Senator Joe Manchin said his vote on Joe Biden's socialist agenda will be a no. Ilhan Omar and other far-left progressives have a meltdown following the Manchin announcement. Plus, Biden sinks to a new low in the latest NPR poll. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is the 13-Minute News Hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Democrat Senator Joe Manchin because he dropped a bombshell on Sunday that has the White House and progressive leftists like Ilhan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in a meltdown. As you know, following the passage of the so-called bipartisan infrastructure bill, which mostly didn't address infrastructure, Joe Biden and the Democrats set their sights on their socialist Green New Deal bill, which they tried to describe as human infrastructure. Whatever that means, Biden and company even gave the legislation a catchy name, the Build Back Better Bill. This bill started at around $6 trillion in the Bernie Sanders version. Then it came down to about $3.5 trillion. Then it was $2.2. Then the Democrats started pushing a $1.75 trillion version in the hopes of getting holdouts like Democrats Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema on board. Manchin appeared on Fox News Sunday yesterday and was asked where he stood on the legislation. Manchin stated his reply by noting the current state of the country, all the things we are going through because of Biden's failed leadership at a time when Democrats want to push more socialism and more spending. And you know my concerns I had, and I still have these concerns, and where I'm at right now, the inflation that I was concerned about, it's not transitory, it's real, it's harming every West Virginian. It's making it almost difficult for them to continue to go to their jobs, the cost of gasoline, the cost of groceries, the cost of utility bills, all of these things are hitting in every aspect of their life. And, and, you, and you start looking and then, then you have the uh, debt that we're carrying at $29 trillion. You have also the geopolitical unrest that we have. You have the COVID, the COVID uh, variant. Uh, and that is wreaking havoc again. People are concerned. I've been with my family. I know everyone's concerned. Inflation, gas prices, the debt, geopolitical unrest. Yet the radical leftists want more, more government, more power. But as far as Manchin is concerned, enough is enough. He's done. Uh, I've always said this, Brett. If I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. You're done. This is, this is a no. This is a no on this legislation. I have tried everything I know to do. Mansion is a no, and that is music to my ears. What's frustrating, however, is that we were put in the mess by the Republicans in the Senate, and now we are relying on a Democrat to save us. We had a chance to kill this infrastructure legislation at the beginning, but McConnell and a handful of other Republicans voted to end the filibuster. And that's what led to the passage of the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill and having this build back better nonsense come dangerously close to passing. We shouldn't have to hope and pray that a Democrat will stand up to massive spending and government overreach. It's great that Manchin is a no, 
but where was the Republican leadership? Now, Manchin's no vote was driven by several factors, and I want to go over two of them so you can see how disingenuous the Democrats have been through this whole process of allegedly trimming things down and coming to a compromised position. First off, even the price tag on this $1.75 trillion version of Biden's bill was massively inaccurate. The Congressional Budget Office estimates that the real cost is $4.5 trillion. $4.5 trillion. That's just crazy. And then there is the fact that nothing was ever really changing or being cut from the bill. Here's Manchin. The challenges we have from different parts of our party, basically pushing in different ways. So everyone still has the aspirational things they want to do. They said, well, can we still make this fit? We'll just cut it down to two years versus 10 years. We'll cut this one down to four years versus 10 years or one year versus 10 years. That's not, um, that's not being genuine right. as far as I'm concerned with my constituents in West Virginia. The congressional and I've said this, office. if I can't explain it, yeah, I can, they put the congressional, it's the bipartisan, Brett, Congressional Budget Office. Has, they're, they're upwards of $4.5 trillion. Manchin's comments are very important to understanding these leftist Democrats. It's one thing to note that the actual price tag is almost three times higher than advertised. But what's really outrageous is that the progressives are keeping all their crazy programs in the bill. The price tag kept coming down, not because a far left proposal was eliminated, but instead because Democrats offered to fund it for a shorter time. It's outrageous. Everyone knows that once government grows, and adds a new program, it's nearly impossible to eliminate it. And that's what the Democrats tried to do. Oh, we won't fund this for 10 years like normal. We'll just fund it for three years or four years or whatever. It's the same radical legislation. And fortunately for us, Manchin is saying no. Okay, next let's talk about the Democrat meltdown. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search out my name, Hit that subscribe button. Make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about Ilhan Omar and the other far-left Democrats whose heads are exploding because of Joe Manchin. They just don't know what to think. Members of the media are freaking out as well, claiming this could be the end of democracy. It's just so dumb. We have a senator doing his job, but because his vote is not the far-left column's vote, the entire country is on the verge of collapse. Here's Ilhan Omar reacting to Manchin. We all knew that uh, Senator Manchin couldn't be trusted. Um, you know, the, the excuses that he just made, um, I think, are a complete bull****. Progressives say they predicted that the massive spending bill would fall apart once it was decoupled from the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Yep, Ilhan Omar is freaking out. And as the clip alluded, the far left were pushing for an all or nothing both bills or nothing at all. It shows you how out of touch they are. They got a bill gifted to them by Republicans. And now they are saying basically that they should have kept both bills together, a situation they had no chance of passing. Here's Democrat Cory Bush. Having those coupled together was the only leverage we had. And what did the caucus do? We tossed it. Tossed it. They got a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill signed by Biden. That's what they got. And even that bill should not have passed. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez jumped in the mix and she tweeted this. 
When a handful of us in the House warned this would happen if Dem leaders gave Manchin everything he wanted first by moving BIF before BBB instead of passing together, many ridiculed our position. Maybe they'll believe us next time, or maybe people will just keep calling us naive. Naive? There's a whole host of other words that are a lot more accurate, but I won't mention them here. AOC went on MSNBC this morning and added this. I mean, of course, we have every right to be furious with Joe Manchin, but it's really up to leadership in the Democratic Party uh, who, you know, made the decision to get us to this juncture and how we're going to move forward. And I think right now that uh, leader, Democratic leadership has a, a very large number of tools at their disposal, the president particularly. And it's really about time that, you know, we take the kid gloves off and we start using them to govern for working families in this country. In other words, what AOC is saying there is that there is a legislative process. The Democrats aren't going to get their way because they are opposed in the legislative process by all the Republicans and some Democrats. So they should just forget about the legislative process and ram through a big government socialism idea by means of presidential order. Wow. And who's being the dictator? All right. Next, as Joe Biden's domestic policy agenda collapses, his polling numbers keep heading in the wrong direction. It seems like more and more polling companies are having to repeat the same headline that new Biden poll hits another low point or something similar. NPR is no exception as their latest poll points to bad news for Biden and the Democrats. Here's the story. Joe Biden is ending the year with his approval rating at a new low, according to a high-profile poll Monday that finds the White House reeling from higher prices, the COVID-19 crisis, and opposition to his social welfare bill. Mr. Biden's approval rating is at 41% compared to 55% who disapprove of his performance, the NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll found. Notably, Mr. Biden has only 29% approval rating from independents in the poll after winning support from 54% of them in the 2020 election. That last stat is the most telling. Biden's support among independents has dropped from 54% to 29%. That's huge, and it shows the coveted independent vote has definitely soured on the situations facing the country and Biden's ability to do anything about them. Here's more. There's lots of uncertainty out there. Inflation, the latest pandemic edition of Omicron, Congress is still crawling along on his main agenda. Lee Marengoff, director of the Marist Institute for Public Opinion, said in an NPR piece. So he's being hit for a lack of leadership, hit for the fatigue over the pandemic, and the concern over inflation. Pollsters found 42% of Democrats strongly approve of Mr. Biden's performance, compared to 86% of Republicans who strongly disapprove, meaning the intensely negative attitude among partisans is more than double the strong support from within the president's party. The highest level of this NPR Marist poll occurred in April when Biden sat at 54%, and it's been a steady decline ever since. What's still hard to imagine is that Biden has held office for less than one year. Less than a year, and we have all these problems. In addition, more and more independents and even some Democrats have lost all confidence in Biden's ability to lead, to handle the big issues and the big situations whether abroad on the international stage or right here at home. In the meantime, former Nevada GOP chairwoman Amy Tarkanian 
posted this recent clip of Biden giving a commencement address, you know, where you're supposed to be inspiring or at the very least, not unhinged. I've known every major world leader in the last 40 years. I've spoken over 140 heads of state since I've become president. You know what they all ask me? Is America going to be all right? What about democracy in America? Did you ever think you'd be asked that question? What was that? I think the last thing a graduating student expects is to be screamed at. That was just bizarre. What's funny is that just above that clip, Tarkanian posted a clip from Kamala Harris where she was asked who's in charge, Joe Biden or Joe Manchin? So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really, Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell no, sometimes. No, 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 no. It's Joe Biden, and don't start talking like a Republican about asking whether or not he's president. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Joe and, it's Joe and it's Joe Biden, and I'm vice president, and my name is Kamala Harris. What can you even say? These people are losing it, and they are losing the American people in the process. But hey, only three more years to go. All right, next, how about a good Samaritan story for the Christmas season? Just when we've had our fill with the cancel culture and wokeness and critical race theory and all this left-wing garbage that is designed to divide us based on race, we have a story that transcends race. A story about a person helping another person. And not only that, a person who put himself in harm's way to help another person. Here's the story. A Good Samaritan in Ohio received an award Thursday after he answered an 87-year-old woman's calls for help at a Kroger grocery store when a man snatched her purse in the checkout line earlier this month. Deshaun Presley jumped into action and chased the purse snatcher out of the store in Lemon Township and into the parking lot. Security footage shows Presley taking down the suspect in the parking lot and making a citizen's arrest. It's just a great story, and check out this footage. This is from the surveillance camera in the parking lot of the Kroger and the robber as he left the store. So there's the suspect and there's Presley chasing him down. The guy's wondering what's going on and takes him down. He takes the guy down. The purse is lying next to this guy and Presley is not messing around at all. And then as he continues to do this, other people start to come out. This guy right here grabs the purse, secures that so the purse is fine and Presley has done the job. Way to go. Because of Presley's actions, the city stepped forward to recognize him and became an opportunity for him to reunite with the woman he helped. Here's more. For his heroic efforts, Butler County Sheriff Richard Jones presented Presley with the Citizens Award on Thursday. Presley was also reunited with Pat Goins, the woman whose purse was snatched. I'm glad that he received this honor because he's my hero. Pat Goins told Fox 19 Cincinnati. Presley told reporters during the ceremony that he was with his one-year-old daughter when he struck up a conversation with Goins moments before the attempted robbery. When the two went into separate checkout lines, Presley said the would-be thief made his move. I heard her screaming and yelling. It was the yell that I need help, Presley said, and I just turned around and did what I needed to do as a citizen. What a great story. And I'm one who believes there are many, many more people like him in more situations like this 
that aren't even covered. Instead, we've got this narrative driven by the media that people can't get along. Everyone's a racist, and the only ones willing to help or able to help is a government. Wrong. There's nothing better than people helping people. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Wednesday evening at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is the 13-Minute News Hour.